But man, these extra tufts, they're like they're they're my version of Crocs, um, I guess. Okay. Except that yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm still a man and I don't wear Crocs um because you First can't get off, you can't get a job done in Crocs. I can't uh, okay. First off, okay, <laughs> we're gonna be throwing jabs. I I have killed a lot of animals in Crocs this year, and I have pictures to prove it. But one thing that I am getting for Christmas that I know from the girls are new killing Crocs, bro. They're tactical. I'm going to send you a picture of them. Okay. You know, the little, when you put them in four wheel drive and the strap goes around, these have a little pouch on the back. You could hold reeds in it. I can hold extra ammo and it's got Molly system that goes across the top of your toes. So I could put a freaking mag pouch on there. Dude, I'm going to be slaying and killing Crocs this year. Tactical Crocs. Tactical Crocs, dude. Good. So I'm going to get you a pair. I'm saying I'm, I'm size. good. They don't no, have don't, it in my no, size. James, you're a 12. That's <laughs> <laughs> <But> you're kidding. <laughs> These are stories of outdoor adventure and expert advice from folks with calloused hands. I'm James Nash, and this is the Six Ranch Podcast. The Six Ranch Podcast is brought to you by Sig Sauer. Sig is a leading provider and manufacturer of firearms, electro-optics, ammunition, air guns, and suppressors. For over 250 years, Sig Sauer Inc. has evolved and thrived by blending American ingenuity, German engineering, and Swiss precision. Today, Sig Sauer is synonymous with industry-leading quality and innovation which has made it the brand of choice amongst the U.S. military, the global defense community, law enforcement, competitive shooters, hunters, and responsible citizens. Sig Sauer is also a premier provider of elite firearms instruction and tactical training at the Sig Sauer Academy located in New Hampshire. For more information about Sig Sauer and its complete line of products, visit SigSauer.com. So this is a show... For, for the boys, right? Because Christmas is coming and we're not easy to shop for. We're not. We buy stuff on our own all the time. And the stuff that we want is specialized and it's hard to know. So dudes out there, if you're listening to this and you catch something that you're like, man, that that's me. Like, that's what I want. Then get your old lady to listen to this show and then she'll get it for you for Christmas. So we're, we're going to break it down. Yes, we are. <laughs> Bam, what do you want for Christmas? that's honestly a tough question because i have everything that i need um i i like sentimental stuff man from my girls from the kids that's stuff that has meaning to it you know because you can't buy that kind of stuff but i I like them to surprise me you know as a dad uh, i like to know what my kids think that i like and so it's always (laughs) fun you know it'll be like the dumbest like most pointless thing i'll never use in my life but it's like it just means so much to me so you know i've used i think this year what i really um am, i want but i think that the wife wants as well is i want some dutch oven like cast iron like legit really good cast iron grills like like stuff to stuff because we've been doing so much more different cooking this year like i i hate to admit this but i'm not the biggest wild game meat guy and i know that probably is blowing a ton of people's minds because all i do is hunt and kill and eat everything but i'm not a fan of it like i don't like mule deer whitetail's all right to me like elk's okay 
But like when I want a steak, like I want a beef, I want a six ranch beef steak, you know, like that's what I want. So I don't, I I just, I'm not one of these guys that I sit down and enjoy like, just like a a elk steak. I just, I mean, it's, it's all right, but I don't really like, I don't, I'm not these guys. It's like, oh, elk's the greatest thing in the world. So what we've done is we've really expanded our cooking styles and different ways of doing it. And I mean, it's made it a lot of fun and it's just really, I mean, we've just changed it up big time but we've done a lot of like cast iron skillets this year and i think what we really want to do is start doing more like dutch oven and that kind of style of cooking and it's just it's just fun and you can do so much with it so i think that's kind of like on my list really well i've cooked with dutch ovens a lot so since we're starting with that i'm going to tell you guys kind of what my experience is with this stuff your middle of the road like garden variety cast iron is going to be the lodge brand and they make good stuff there's nothing wrong with lodge And, you know, if I'm going to get like an actual Dutch oven that I'm going to be, you know, using charcoal to cook with like the pot style Dutch oven thing, then Lodge is the brand that I use and they come in different numbers and the number will be its diameter in inches. So a 10 is 10 inches in diameter. And then there's a deep and a shallow version of each of those. If you only have one, get a, get a 10 inch Dutch oven. That's what most recipes are based around. A 14 is freaking huge. I think that's ginormous. Yeah. Yeah. You're feeding like a, a posse of people with a 14. Um, but it's nice to have a few different sizes. So if you have like a 12, a 10 and an eight, then you can be cooking three courses at the same time and you just stack them on top of each other. And it's fun to cook that way. It looks really cool with skillets, man. The, the Smithy skillets are my favorite by far. Like those, those are awesome. I use those every day. And again, like mostly eights and tens, if you go to a 12, then it like takes up your entire countertop and your range and gets a little bit cumbersome. But are there any of those that you use right now? I don't have any of the Dutch ovens right now. Actually, the guy that was just here, his mom is like a, uh, is a Dutch oven, like expert. She's going to give me a bunch of lessons on it. She switched. They used to host, um, parties and things like that. And she would do from the like appetizers all the way to the, to the desserts in her Dutch ovens. And she's always just like, she's just big into it. They do a bunch on in hell's Canyon. Um, they do a bunch of jet boat racing. So that's what they do. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things. I know another thing that I really need, and this is what kind of made me realize that I'm getting older and that I'm old is I want something that I could carry like hot soup or, I'm not a coffee drinker, but chocolate milk on the mountain. I had a client this year and he had a thermos <laughs> and he would crack that thing open every damn day in my truck. And it smelled so good. I'm like, here I am like eating a Snickers for the fourth time that day or like some, some like um, corn nuts. <laughs> I'm just like snacking. And this dude would pull out this, like this thermos and had like a little spoon attachment to it. And I just look over him and be like, I think I'm ready. Like yeah. I think of it at that point by life where, because this is younger, like I'd always watch my dad or like these older hunters, they always had like that, that's that little Stanley thermos. And, you know, it's just so iconic. Right. I just like always like, Oh, that's just for like older people. And so like, I think I've, I've hit that point in my life where it's like, I have to get one of those. So that was also on my list this year because there's so many times, especially guiding, you know, like, like we're, a lot of areas where we do, it's a lot of glassing, a lot of driving and kind of walking out on points and glass and big valleys and, and draws and things like that. So I'm not doing a ton of like backcountry hiking. And so 
I was like, I think it's time. I, th- I want like some nice soup in the morning or in the afternoon when it's just miserable and you're sitting on a hillside and that wind is just beating you up all day. And this guy's got like chicken noodle soup and I'm eating a Snickers. I was like, all right, yeah. I'm a, I, I think I hit that point. But then like I, I associate that with getting older, you know, how you just things change and you're like, all right, I'll try that out now or I'll do yeah, it. I'll do I'm, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I think I'm ready to venture into the the thermos realm of putting it in my pack. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, which I think I have fought all these years, but after watching this guy in his soup and he just like slurping on it, and I was just like, "You son of a bitch!" Like that's so <laughs> so good. And he had like beef stew one day that his wife made him this homemade like antelope stew, but it smelled like beef stew. I was like, "Okay." it's time it is yeah. it's absolute time to that i that i transition to the more the older generation hunter you know not yeah. the young buck running around man one time when i was in college i went to school in southwest montana um it was unbelievably cold like 38 below zero something oh, crazy God. like that you know i could barely get my truck started made it into town get to the classroom and the entire back of the classroom i remember was just it looked like a, a yard sale that wasn't organized yet with like every layer that every college kid owned and nobody has yep. good stuff. So they're just like strapping on like everything they have this mound of clothing and we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. The whole class showed up and then uh, some staff person comes in and, and says, Hey, your professor canceled um, because it's too cold. And like, we were all there. She lived two blocks away from the college. And I was like, Oh, this is ridiculous. I was pissed. It's like, whatever, I'm going elk hunting. So I took off, grabbed my pack. I had a bladder in the pack and I hiked like three and a half miles deep, unbelievably cold by myself. Shouldn't have been there. And I see this bull and he was all like funky. He had like three on one side and a broken pedicle on the other side. And he just looked so miserable. Like, please shoot me kind of, you know, deal. I decide if I kill this bull right now, I am in like big trouble. I don't have cell service. Nobody knows where I am. I'm out of here. And I start trudging out of there the wind starts hitting really hard. I'm like, okay, now's the time that you need to start drinking water. Otherwise, if you get hurt or whatever, you're going to be in big trouble. Try and drink out of my freaking thing. And the whole bladder had frozen inside my pack. Right. All Uh I was, all I was doing was carrying ice. I was like, Oh, this is stupid. This was so stupid of me. Um, So having, having something that's insulating to carry your drinks, isn't just about keeping stuff hot. It's about keeping it from freezing in a lot of cases. Absolutely. I did a mountain lion hunt years ago and it was, it's to this day, it's the worst. It's one of the worst hunts I've ever done. And it was a high of negative 25, like every day, like that was it. Brutal. And we end up cutting out on a cat and it was a 17 and a half mile freaking race. We crossed like up one mountain back down the other side, up another mountain range. And it was on the backside of that one. And by the time we got to this cat, all of our Nalgene bottles were frozen solid. Like everything in my pack, even like the trail mix, you couldn't even eat the freaking trail mix because the, the raisins were like rocks. We had to literally start a fire and warm up everything just to get some energy and some liquid in us so we could hike back out of there. And it was the most miserable thing I've ever done. And I look back and I'm like, God, if I would have had a thermos or something like it would have been, it would have been life-changing. Like it was so, it was miserable. We should not even have been there, but yeah, it was just one of those days. And now it's just like, I'm just at that point where it's time for, it's time for the little things that make life nice, you know, little luxury things. Well, let me ask you this. Let's say, let's say your old lady has a budget of a million dollars to spend on a Christmas gift 
for you or or let's say this is a generic gal buying for for her for her boyfriend or husband or whatever she's got a million dollars to spend what should she spend it on a lease a lease <laughs> a lease i, I was gonna say the ranch like buy the whole thing you're just gonna rent <laughs> or a ranch i mean a million dollars ain't getting you much anymore these days for a ranch i feel like so i feel like i could pick up some pretty good leases for a million dollars and so you know that i don't have to have to deal with the maintenance and all that but uh i feel like yeah either prop property would be my number one like a yeah. lease or or give me a cabin in the woods that backs up to some blm or forest that way yeah. i could just mob out in there so that that would be my ultimate, like <laughs> just to be able to go or have some leases, you know, some big muley leases or some really good whitetail, some river bottom leases that I could go and chase some late archery. And yeah, then I'd probably pick up uh, a good waterfowl lease, something, maybe some good fields or some flooded timber where you could just pound birds late in the season. That, that would be my million dollars spent if she was going to spend a million dollars on me. So yeah, it would definitely, <laughs> it would definitely be some land of some sort that I yeah. could just kill stuff on. You know, I'm, I'm warming up to the lease idea. I think that's a better gift because if you give somebody the the ranch, especially a million dollar ranch, you know, something that size is going to be a huge amount of work. That's like a, that's sort of like giving somebody a barbecue that they have to assemble. Like that's not a real gift. Like you just gave somebody labor. Um, <laughs> yeah. So a lease is a good idea. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, then you go out there and you, you, you put your food plots in or whatever you got to do. And then you just leave after the season's over and you leave it up to the landowner to go out there and push his cows, fix fences, cut down trees and clear path. No, I just want to roll out right before hunt season, check trail cabs, know where to sit in and out, in and out. I got time. I got more leases. I got a million dollars in leases. We got to hunt. So I'd be in like, I'd have like six different States, man. I'd be out in Iowa. I would definitely be in Colorado. Um, yeah, I, I would, I would put some thought into that. Uh huh. Yeah. I like it. Okay. Let, let's just say you're not hooked up with that gal. You don't have the million dollar gal. Let's say you got a hundred thousand dollar gal though. Okay. What's the hundred thousand dollar gift idea? Oh, that's a tough one. It's a different zone. It is a different zone. I'm saying safari. Like a hundred percent. Baller two month long safari. Marco Polo. Marco Polo? I think so. So cold. I know, but it's so cool. Or I would do like a Zimbabwe or Tanzania. No, I'd go for, I would go more rugged. Like I want Crocs. I want hippo charging on land. Elephant. Like I want like yeah. the, the whole experience. I mean, an elephant and a croc alone, that's going to be a hundred grand like, yeah. right there. Yeah. So, but yeah, I want like an 80 pound plus elephant and just a giant croc, like 15 plus footer. Mm -hmm. That would be my hundred grand spent. I think you could probably hunt two or three countries for a couple months and have a gangster of a time for a hundred grand. And I know, but then that hundred grand, I mean, then you got, are we, are we adding taxidermy to that? Because I mean, are you going to get a full body mounted elephant? No, 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 no. Cause that would be a lot. I mean, if I'm getting a full body elephant, then I would have that million dollar lease. So, um, <laughs> with a lodge on it. Yeah, no, I think, I think the safari would be unbelievable where it would be really tough because I want to go to Africa, but then I also want to do South America and, and do some fishing down there. Like yeah. I want to go after some really cool fish in South America. Like that would be, I would be booking some pretty incredible fishing and hunting trips. So you can do some South American fishing trips relatively inexpensively. You know, you can get 
plane tickets to Argentina for anywhere between $1,400 and $2,000, depending on where you're going, time of year, stuff like that. Once you're down there, it's not super cheap to get around, but it's also not too bad. You can rent a pickup and you know you can just mob around and, and eat eat at local restaurants and, and stuff like that. And yeah, there, is, there is access to some of those streams too. Um, sometimes it's pay to play on the access, but a lot of those lakes and, uh, and lagoons are, are public access. So if you have like a little alpaca raft or something like that, that you can fly down there, then you can go and, and kick around and, and find that stuff. That's what I did when I was in Tierra del Fuego. And the, the funnest fishing that we had was just on these little lagoons that we would just find on like Google earth and go check out. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen some, a lot of stuff down there and it just, it looks like a lot of fun. I'd want to go do that, but yeah, definitely a safari of some sort and then some cool fishing trips that would be on my hundred thousand dollars. Like if it was gifted and want to go do some cool stuff, dude, tiger fishing in Tanzania is that's one of my things. That's on my, that's on my fishing bucket yeah. list is a tiger fish for yes. sure. I would do anything to go back to Tanzania, anything, but I don't have, don't have the money right now. But maybe someday I'll get the opportunity again, and I will go. Okay, fifty grand. Mm, fifty grand. I'd want a really good hunting rig. Yeah. Yeah, like convert my truck, like just total rebuild a truck. I'd dump fifty grand into it and have the ultimate hunting rig, like just awesome suspension. Like I'm talking winches, the whole nine yards. I would just completely convert it. You know. What else you could get for a hundred grand, not to backtrack, but you could get a pretty nice jet boat for a hundred thousand dollars. And there's a lot of fun to be had on a jet boat. That's a world that I wish I was involved in, but it's just, it's not on my list because I get to just like dabble here and there with friends, jet boats. But if I definitely had the money to just throw on a, in a jet boat, a 100% would, I mean, it is, those things are, that's a whole different level of fun slash fear slash pure terror like all balled into one experience when you're running rapids in a jet boat. Like you can't explain the feeling of like, we shouldn't be, this shouldn't be one like physically possible to just run this boat up these stair steps up a rapid. Yeah. And then when you turn around and start coming down there, they seem twice as big and deep and you're yeah. like, there's no way we're doing, we're going over for sure. And how these, these boats can just traverse through it. Like it is, it's a little, there's so many different like emotions that go into, at least for me, when we're, we're hitting big rapids and jet boats, it's like, okay, like we're going to die. This is going to be great. So much fun. We're slant. We're the, the just pure force of slamming down in these rapids and shooting out of them. Like it's violent. Like it could be, it could be violent and scary at the same time. And so, you know, it's, it, they're jet boats are fun and I'm fascinated by them, but it's like one of those, when you start digging into it, you hear so many like horror stories and these guys are just like, there's so many boats in the bottom of these rivers, like at the foot of these, these rapids, when they come out, they're like, Oh, there's like 13 boats buried down here. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good. Like I cherish my life, but I mean, it's so fascinating and fun at the time at the same time. Like I would love to have a jet boat. That would be a lot of fun. Okay. So let's just say you come out of the house Christmas morning and there's a jet boat wrapped up. Can't tell what it is, but it you can tell that is a jet boat covered in wrapping paper right here. And over here is a gift certificate to two months in Africa with 10 species on it, including a crocodile and a hippo. 10 months in Africa. I'm not even no question asked. Okay. All right. 10 All months right. in Africa. Cool. Yep. I am too. I've already got a boat. So um, okay. <laughs> 50 50 grand. We've got we've got a really cool hunting rig. Um 
yeah, I'd, I'd support that too. How about, but let's drop it back down into, into normalville a little bit more. Let's say $2,000. I would honest, if I didn't have it, I would buy, um, it's going to be a little bit more, but I, well, I don't know, man, because that new SIG cross is pretty, it's the tack driver, but I'd want a really good rifle. Like the only thing that it's not, I don't like about the cross is I'm a, I'm a 30 cal guy. So I would want a little bit more ass behind a rifle. Um, shooting, you know, a two thirty burger is what I like. So yeah. I'd want a, a nice custom rifle, but that's going to run you. I mean, you, there's some good companies out there that could build some for that 4,000 plus mark, but yeah, two grand, I would, I would, I'd probably go with a nice, just factory rifle. That's just a really good shooting rifle. Yeah. That's, that would be my first go-to, you know, like two grand. I mean, yeah, I, I would want to, I want a good rifle, a good shooting rifle or some really good optics. I would say for two grand, for two grand, you can apply for just about every hunt in the country for a year. You think so? Yep. Yep. I, I think so. Do that. I don't know. Um, My kid cost me like 3,500 bucks, but in for the Mexico <laughs> tags last year. So. It's, it's different when you draw the tags and have to start buying yeah. them. Um, yep. But that, that two grand is going to get you applied for like, I think just about every hunt in the country. And yeah, there's a lot of really cool programs out there now that yeah. can help with that. And so, but yeah, I mean, I mean, if we're just talking hunts, absolutely. I would, I would definitely be applying lots of States just to better the odds because now, I mean, you look at this year, man, I mean, 30 something, 30, I think at one point in the group chat, there was 35,000 people on Idaho fishing game for non-residents. I mean, that's insane. And so, I mean, it's just like, how do you even compete with that? So you definitely want to start venturing outside and looking at different States and some of these, these hunting programs that can help apply for that. But yeah, I mean, cause there's just so much different things. I mean, yeah, I would definitely take that two grand and apply it for, for tags and things like that. That's, I mean, that is a good idea. Yeah. So there, there's a couple of different outfits that, that are like tag management agencies um, sort of, and they, they manage all of your applications and preference points and stuff like that. The one I use is called the draw. Other people use hunt and fool. There's a few of them out there. And I think that they're, they're all doing a really good job, but it's been so nice for me this year to not have to worry about missing deadlines and mm. constantly monitoring like what's going on with like all these different units in every different state and you know, how things are being affected. I don't have the time to research everything, but I do want to get to the point where I've got enough preference points for enough species in enough States that, you know, I can, I can draw tags in, in two or three States a year. And yep. that's, that's just been super helpful. So I think that'd be a cool gift and it would be something that carried throughout the year because as these deadlines come up, it'd be like a new gift of like excitement or letdown of what you drew or what you didn't draw. Yeah. And now you've got points for next year and that'd be a cool gift. It's, it's a lot of help. I finally gave in last year and I use hunt and fool. I, I, I didn't know about the draw um, at that time, but yeah, I finally was like, I hit them up and I was like, listen, guy, I need help. And they were like, okay. And they walked me through everything. And I gave them all my States for my, my wife, my daughter. And then they just went through them all. And I was like, I don't, there's some States that I'll never draw on. Right. That I was putting in for And they're like, Hey, that's going to be 30 years. Like with the point creep, like, I'm like, Oh crap. I've been 
wasting time on this every single year. I'm like, okay, well, my kid can have a great possibility of drawing it when she's older. So, you know, they broke everything down. And then what's really nice about it is like, you live a very busy lifestyle. Like I am like, we're on the road all the time. I don't have time to be like, okay, Alaska draw results are open. We have one week to apply, like one week left to apply. Nope. I gave them my whole entire list and they went through and did it. And man, it's, it's awesome. Like not having to stress or I don't know how many states I've missed over the years to go to log in it was like the night before it already closed out and then it's just like oh there goes a year i didn't even get to put in for points at least you know so yeah yeah using those those booking i don't know if they're what they would be called not a booking agency but um just more of a the platforms to help with your draws is definitely a smart way to go yeah and you don't have to go you don't have to go all in on every state no not at all like you can be like, Hey, you know, I've, I really want to kill a big mule deer buck, or I would like to have the opportunity to hunt muleys every year, or I want a big white tail, whatever it is. Like those guys are the experts and they do all the research. They live that life all the time. So that would, that would be cool. Yep. Okay. A thousand bucks. Thousand bucks. What I would get for a thousand bucks. I don't know. It's easier with the million dollar idea. <laughs> <laughs> See, I want, I want toys, man. I want, I want gear that's going to help me in the field. You know, that's where yeah. I would, that's where I lean toward. Like my, my mind naturally goes toward what I could use or what I could upgrade kind of deal. So yeah, that would be more, I mean, damn, now I'd buy a thousand dollars worth of freaking ammo <laughs> yeah. if I could find it, you know, cause it wouldn't be very much how ammo prices are so inflated. Um, yeah, I'd go back to probably a good set of binos, some optics. Like I, I live, eat, breathe by my glass. So, I mean, that's my most important tool that I use. So, yeah, I would definitely go into glass would be what I would want. A nice set of binos probably. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. I think. What do you think? What's yours? Uh, plane ticket. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Just like credit for freaking Delta or Alaska or whatever, but that that would be something that's exciting you know a lot a lot of times the the plane ticket is like a small portion of the cost of a trip but that's the thing that we hang up on all the time so if you had that then you would just start like looking for adventures or trips to go on and yep yeah yeah i like that probably book a flight straight to straight to fairbanks or straight to anchorage and be in alaska and spend some time up there yeah mexico whatever you know yep world of opportunity oh yeah um, what are some pieces of, of cryptech that you feel like make good gifts? Ooh, um, a good puffy jacket. Everybody needs that. I don't care if you hunt or not. I mean, a good that, I mean, the problem with what we have right now with cryptech is obviously we, we, you know, a lot of, a lot of the country is experiencing, um, just inventory shortage. Cause we have, I think like six containers sitting in Seattle right now, but the Aries jacket, the Aries puffy jacket is hands down one of those items that every single person should own and it's yeah. just a down jacket with a hood it is just it's a lifesaver man especially if you live any in any states that you get any type of weather and cold and you're gonna be sitting out in it it's just an awesome piece of gear um, a good set of rain gear man every man needs a set of good rain gear in the cold rain gear uh, for cryptech is definitely a bomb proof system extremely durable i mean i've run it through blackberry patches through briars you name it and it's it's definitely we got a lot of guys running it in alaska and um you know obviously everybody in alaska they they're born with a set of frank here right. and so 
that's a really good set. I think every guy this hands down needs needs a good set of rain gear, needs a good insulated like jacket, puffy jacket. And as far as pants, I mean, you need a good durable set of pants. And I'd say the Aries pants are a real good early to mid season pant. And then if you wanted to go like, like we just finished up a veteran hunt here and I wore the, the bushcraft pants the whole time with just a set of thermals. And I mean, it was like 20 to 25 all day. So, and I was perfectly comfortable in those. And so, you know, you could wear them. I wore them pretty much the whole season. And then as it gets colder, I just throw a pair of thermals underneath them and I'm good to go. So I think as far as gear wise, Every guy needs a, a good rain system, a good, nice jacket. The Aries is going to be waterproof, but it's just definitely going to keep your ass warm on those miserable days and then a good set of pants. So that would be my, my top picks right off the bat. Like, Hey, just for anybody not knowing where you're going to be going, or what you're doing, that would be it for me. Dude. I think mine is, is this the Sonora shirt? The Sonora? Yes. Yeah. So that's like the, I mean, with a hood. Yes. The Sonora that's it's So that's got, it's hands down like one of our, it's a new item that they came out with this year and it's it's made for um hot weather it's it's a hot weather top but i would catch myself wearing them all the time like all I, the time now, I, just had, I just had one on the other day they have like a moisture cooling technology in them but that means it's not that if it, it's when you start sweating it cools your your core but i mean in the fall, late in the fall and right now rolling in the winter I wear those as like kind of not a base layer, but over my base layer. And then when I find, I know I'm going to run and gun and have to chase or run or whatever, I'll dump layers in that with a thermal underneath it. Dude, I'll run it half the day. It's, it's actually a really nice piece of gear. And it's ridiculously comfortable. Yes. Very, very soft. Yeah. I'm not a, I'm, I'm a little bit sensitive about that stuff. You know, I don't like, I don't like abrasive fabrics. So we talked about this earlier, James, we're at that age bracket now yeah. where we're looking for the more comfort in life. <laughs> so. Yeah, I know. Dude, the last time we we're on the show, we we're talking about each other's ear hair. So I think it's, Hey, <laughs> can we talk about how that wrapped up? How you made fun of me at dinner that night for having ear hair. And I leaned over and I pulled a freaking rope out of your ear. You about hit the floor and you were like, what did you just do? And I'm holding this ear hair. And that's connected to my brain stem, dude. Like part of my soul left my body when you pulled that thing out of there. That's what you get for making fun of me, bud. <laughs> I was like, how does this guy, this rancher not have a single ear hair? And I looked over, man, and you got freaking Chewbacca coming out of your ear. Yeah. So I, we're, we're equal. Uh-huh. We actually got a couple of new products and we have the, um, oh, really? Oh God. I can't even, they're brand new. I don't even know. Shit. I should have written the names down. We, they just arrived. Um, one of them is the hatch jacket. It's like a grid sewn. Oh, I saw Butch wearing that. Yes, they're a really cool jacket. And so I've actually they're they're just an insulated jacket, like a lifestyle type jacket. So any you could wear them anywhere or hunting. And then the um, oh man, I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head. They literally, I've been running a prototype all season, and I live in it. The Attila, I believe it's called the Attila. The Attila. And so, sorry, I kind of sound like an idiot, but they're, they're brand new. They just arrived. And um, I think they just put them on the website, but it's the Attila. It's a hoodie. It comes with three colors. And man, I've killed probably six or seven animals in that hoodie this season. Like it, I've lived in it. Like I have not taken it off at, at all, but I just, it's a prototype that came in and we've been testing them out. And it's honestly, it's moved its way up really high on my list of their gear. And so, yeah, I, I'm actually, I got to get some different colors. I'll, I'll get you some sent out. And so, um, yeah, they're, they're nice, man. They're really nice. It's a fleece, like 
outer fleece lining and then it's got like a polyester blend to it but yeah really real nice gear it's got a big hood i'm a big hood guy i hate when yeah, i turn my head and the, the hood turns with me so it's got a real comfortable hood on it so it doesn't bug you and it's not tight on your face so i think they do have a, a cinch on them but yeah it's, it's a real p- good piece of gear sweet man a brand that i have zero affiliation with and i think it might be my number one purchase of of 2021 is i got the little short extra tough boots I've been living in those boots. I've worn them like almost every day that I've owned them for a couple of I don't months. know. I don't know that brand. Yeah. Extra tough. Extra tough. They're like the brown boots that you see crabbers wearing. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, They're yeah. like a rubber boot. But these are like little shorty, like ankle high boots. Dude, amazing. Amazing piece of gear. Love those boots very much. Really? That would be a solid gift. And I, I think that boots are, are, are generally a terrible gift to give to somebody because they're so personalized. It's like a pack, you know? packs really are, are. are crazy expensive and they've got to fit you like in what you're doing and the way your body's built. And there's some great packs out there that don't fit me very well. And, and I don't like them purely because of that. So if I'm recommending a pack, like I'm probably out of my depth a little bit. And the same thing on, on boots, like hiking boots for sure. But man, these extra toughs, they're like, they're, they're my version of Crocs, um, I guess, Okay. except that, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm still a man and I don't wear Crocs um, because you first can't get, off, you can't get a job done in Crocs. Okay. Uh, okay. First off, okay. <laughs> we're going to be throwing jabs. I, I have killed a lot of animals in Crocs this year and I have pictures to prove it. But one thing that I am getting for Christmas that I know for the girls are new killing Crocs, bro. They're tactical. I'm going to send you a picture of them. Okay. You know, the little, when you put them in four wheel drive and yeah. the strap goes around, these have a little pouch on the back. You could hold reeds in it. I wow. can hold extra ammo and it's got Molly system that goes across the top of your toes. So I could put a freaking mag pouch on there, dude. I'm going to be slaying and killing Crocs this year. Tactical Crocs. Tactical Crocs, dude. Good. So I'm going to get you a pair. I'm saying I'm, I'm good. They don't no, have don't, it in my no, size. James, you're a 12. <laughs> That's <what> you're getting. <laughs> you're a 12. Uh, I'll just text. I'll, I know who to text. <laughs> I have sources. I'll find this out. Yeah. No, like boots, dude. Like back to boots. I get asked all the time, what boots do you run? What boots do you run? This is the funniest story. I have the worst feet like the most sensitive feet in the world. So when I was in boot right out of boot camp going in the SOI, when I got to North Carolina or South Carolina, wherever we did it, dude, it rained for 19 out of 22 days. And I ended up getting jungle rot in my feet, like where there was like my heels were coming off in chunks. It was yeah. like my, like all the cult, like there was just white, just like pretty much being in the tub for being in the bath for like 19 days straight it was miserable and ever since then like if i i have to keep my feet really dry and that's why i wear flip-flops and crocs a lot is because if my my feet are in boots all day or over several days of being damp like they i automatically start getting like horrible pins and needles in my knee like okay so in iraq or afghan did you ever get that um what was it when you would, it would like your whole back and your body from just being in like sweating all day with just pins and needles. Did you ever get that where you'd have to like dry out? Yeah. There was like a term heat rash, heat rash possibly, but I didn't get like a, like an actual rash, but it would just be like pins and needles yeah. all over your body from no, wearing like a like flat hell. jacket all day. So yeah. So that's what it does in my feet if they're damp. So I, I lose toenails every season. I get huge blisters and chunks fall off. And so for me, my boots, like, I ended up going back to those, I think they're Loa or Lawa boots because that's what I wore in Afghan. And they were like 
like a sneaker. And so I go places, guys are like, dude, you're wearing like damn near a sneaker. And it's like, I can't wear normal boots because my toenails just, I mean, it's just, I have the worst feet and I can't. And people ask me all the time, like, what do you recommend? And I'm just like, man, I don't listen to me because I've tried the crisp and I'm not downplaying any of these companies, but you try all these high-end boot companies, you see all these people wearing, and it's just, it didn't work for me. So I had to find something that did. And like, I'll be honest with you. I blew a pair out on a hunt once and I had to go out to this random little store and all they had was like Irish setters and they had like a $90 pair of boots. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm done. And I bought this Irish setter, like literally like $90 pair of boots. And it was one of the greatest sets of boots I've ever worn in my life. Like, <laughs> so it's, it's, I'm the worst person to ask for, for boots. That's why I'm doing that whole Christmas list on my own social and boots are not added to it because I just, my feet don't work well with boots. Like that's why if I could hunt barefoot, I probably would all year if I didn't have to deal with frostbite, like it, I'm yeah. that comfortable barefooted. Yeah, no, I, I like walking around barefoot and, and I actually wrote about this in a boot article I wrote earlier this year, but um, I think it's a good thing to do during the summer just to get your feet strong. Cause you get to use all the little muscles in your feet and oh, yeah. uh, you know, it gets blood moving around and it hardens your feet up a little bit. So I think that that's a good a good training thing is just to go walk around barefoot a little bit during the summertime. Yep. Okay. 20 bucks. Mm. 20 bucks. I'll get myself a knife sharpener. A knife sharpener. Yeah. yeah. That's a good thing to have. I'll get myself a knife sharpener. I carry one everywhere with me. It's actually one of those little, I think it's an outdoor edge one or whatever. And I think it was 20 bucks. So I remember grabbing it because I, I put it in my vinyl harness and I carry a, just a little field knife sharpener everywhere I go. So I have a really cool knife sharpener that I got this year from Argali and it's a belt. So hmm. they, they put a piece of, of diamond sharpening surface on the back of the belt buckle and it's a really thin belt buckle. And then it's just a webbing belt. They've got a piece of uh, leather on part of the belt for stropping with and then there's a little groove for hook sharpening and a really hard edge for like scraping um, a knife edge down if it was like really dinged up, but it's super lightweight. It's a comfortable belt just to like have and to wear. I, I wear it all the time, but if you're going to do, be doing backcountry stuff or, you know, you don't want to bring like an extra thing in your pack, you're going to be wearing a yeah. belt anyway. So you might as well put it to work. I need um, a good belt. Yeah. Let's check that out. Yeah. No, that was a, I thought that was a really innovative idea. And actually when Brad first told me that he was thinking about doing that, I was like, that's stupid. That's a stupid idea. And I'm never going to use that. And now I have one and I use it all the time. Love it. That's because you, know? you judge like Crocs. See if you just give Crocs a chance. <laughs> give Crocs a chance. Uh, that, would, that would be a bumper sticker. Give Crocs a chance. Yeah. What's your favorite type of gift to give mm, nowadays i i honestly have been giving a lot of canned meat as gifts yeah i'm i'm trying to convert people man like going into the canned meat i don't know if you've done a podcast on it before or not but it's it's like life-changing man and you've been here you've we've experienced this yeah until two in the morning when we thought it was a good idea to start canning meat at 10 11 o'clock at night and I've, I've had such an overwhelming response through just people that I know personally and running into. And as, as far as social media, because like when I going back to the cast iron stuff, like we're just trying so many different ways of 
trying wild game out. And I'm sitting here one day and I'm like, man, I got three deep freezers, like full. I'm talking max where like I have to put gun cases and stuff on them to keep them closed, full of meat. And it's like, okay, that that's great. But like, what happens if we lose power? What happens if the grid goes out? Like, I can't preserve that. And so that's when we really went into canning meat and it blew us away. Like I didn't, I don't have like a homesteading background. I don't come from, you know, the mountains where it's just normal or like an old school grandma that does it every year. So we, we had to teach ourselves all this and it's fairly easy to do. Obviously you got to get, you know, the pressures and the times and all that. It just goes off your elevation, but you know, we really started doing it. It was, it's amazing. Like it is amazing meat, like the bear and antelope and deer and bison. Like we do everything. And every time somebody comes over and they would always try and be like, Oh shit. And I'm like, man, I'd like, and I tell people about it. And it looks like straight death in some of these jars. Like you, something like you think you would pull out of a wall of some old, you know, homestead house. They had stored it in the basement or something of it. You know, it, it does not look appealing, but dude, the recipes we've been doing with it, it if, have been just phenomenal i mean Britt does a uh, like a like a pot roast sandwich where she like will get out bear and you know when you when you can something it just shreds it and so right. we, we'll pull out a candle then how we warm it up is in like a like a container of uh like a like a pot on the stove and you let the water boil and it heats up the, the can you know on its own or at a good pace and then the, all the juices come out of it anyways we strain it yeah you're left with all this shredded beef looking meat you know it could be bear antelope anything and then she does like a pot roast sandwich where we'd almost do like a panini with it with like caramelized onions she'll do like a horseradish and then does like a good cheese on it and it's like and then she does make takes that juice that it was all in and does like an au jus sauce dipping sauce in it and bro 10 out of 10 i would order it in a restaurant every time and so i yeah. tell people that like man i really want to try so i've been gifting these jars to people and they i get tagged and on instagram or text messages like dude this is unreal like how do i get into this you know and so that's been kind of one of those things like there's a lot of labor that goes into a jar to one single jar i mean from the time that you killed that animal to it being jarred and gifted like there's been lots of hours put into that and so i think I, yeah. so for me it's just kind of meaningful like hey man here's like kind of like the fruits of the labor for my family to yours like enjoy this so I've been, i know it's kind of random but yeah i've been giving a lot of canned meat lately because i i think it's amazing meat and it's the flavor is unbelievable on it i think everybody should try it yeah man i agree and it's nice to free up that freezer space it um, is so we have a a protein pantry that's all all canned meats and i've got canned smoked salmon and I've got canned duck and I've got canned bear and I've got some elk in there and I've got some albacore tuna in there. And, uh, like last night, you know, 10 o'clock at night, I was like, man, I'm, I could kind of eat something and, you know, go and look at the fridge. There's not like a magic sandwich waiting for me, yep. of course, because, um, I don't live in magic world, reach in the protein pantry, pull out a can of peaches, some peaches that I canned this summer. Wonderful wonderful oh my god um i had some duck today you know and duck is something that people really struggle with trying to figure out how to make taste good because if you cook it above medium rare it's pretty easy for it to get tough until yep. you cook it for a long time but if you just cube it up sear it can it 
man, it's awesome. And you, I, I do everything plain in the can and then I can add whatever sauces or seasonings I want to it when it comes out and kind of make it taste like whatever I want it to, but that is fun. And honestly, if somebody gives you a, a gift of canned food like that, they're telling you that they love you because there is a huge amount of work that went into it. Oh yeah. Yes, that there is. And so, yeah, I think it's just a great gift. I mean, it's something that's non-traditional these days. Like somebody just gives you a can of meat, like, or a jar of meat. Like, I mean, it, but like you, you said it perfectly, like there, there's love that went into that and it's something special. Like I'm definitely not giving it out to everybody. It's very close friends that want to try or show interest in it. And I want them to jump on that, that wagon of like, Hey man, you should try and do this. And like I, we just had a friend over uh, last week and we walked him through everything. Cause he, him, his wife killed a couple of those. And he's like, man, I really want to try it. Cause I'd given him a can and he really liked it. He's like, dude, you think I could come over to, you could teach me. We walked him through everything. And now he set, like he went out and bought all the, the, the canner and the jars and the lids and he went through and now he's doing it. So like, that's just how I want to show people like, Hey, there's more to just like, all right, there's, here's some, here's an elk steak. Or here's a whitetail steak. Like do you can that I guarantee you, you would eat the canned deer over a, a deer steak any day of the week. I personally would, I would take oh, it all day. I, I would too, for sure. And yep. you can do and it with, with any cut of meat. Like it doesn't have anything. to be just backstrap, like whatever it is you cut up, like all those tendons just get soft and whatever. It's good. Like we, we tried it out this year. Cause I wanted to see how well it would go. We did uh, I did the antelope shanks. Like, what do you do with an antelope shank? Like the, you know, like there's yeah. not, by the time you trim, you can't throw it in through a grinder unless you got some industrial grinder. So your average Joe, like you're sitting there filleting all those stupid little tendons in there, waste of time. So I've always just never even dealt with them. And this year I'm like, man, we're going to can these. And I cut them off whole, seared them up on the grill and stuffed them in the jar. And they came out and it was like shredded beef. I mean, it was the best meat ever. And so- yeah. Yeah, it's just a way of getting rid of those really crappy cuts. We do a lot of good cuts with it too because we just really we enjoy it that much. But all like the the burger meat, what you you know doing the little finger quotes, like everything that you would just grind because it's too tough or you don't want to deal with it. Can it goes in there? All your scraps. I used to throw away. Give so much to my dog just scrapping because I did not want to go through and take the time and trim every little piece because you're hours into it. Throw it in a jar. Throw it in a jar. Yep, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. What about, what about you? What are you giving out? Man, I, I like stuff that is like a catalyst for experience. And I'm definitely kind of projecting myself onto other people when I do that. But um, that's what's most important to me at this stage of my life is not things. It's, it's experiences and experiences that I can share with people that I love and care about. So if I can give somebody a thing that that then moves them into having a good experience or, or an adventure or something like that, that that's what I want to do or something that makes their, their job easier or more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Right. I think a good pair of work gloves is a great gift because that's something you're constantly tearing up. Yep. You know, I think something like what you're talking about, like you give somebody a, a freaking a, a thermos, like here's some, here's some home brewed comfort that you can take with you anywhere you go and stuff like that. I think, means something and, and you get a little sense of that nostalgia again when you use it and you think about that person and I, I try to be I try to be thoughtful on that stuff and uh, you know that's that's what I try to do yeah that's pretty awesome yeah especially I mean a, a good set of ranch gloves there's nothing better dude those fuzzy the interior fuzzy uh cryptic ranch gloves I I wasn't too sure about those when I first got them because a lot of the 
um, leather gloves that have insulation that I've used in the past just get dirty and they like get covered up in, in hay and sawdust and dirt and everything else. And they're uncomfortable, but those ones have not been, and they're awesome. I've used those a ton. Yeah. I'll send you a bunch if you need them. I'll get you. So you can hand them out as more gifts, James. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, uh, they, they nailed that one. Well, I hope I get to see you before Christmas, but if I don't, I wish the best to you and your family and I hope you guys have a wonderful day. You too, man. What do you got planned? You got any mm. trips? Well, uh, I'm going to Hawaii next week. Um, That's fine. Just for, just for a week and uh, hang out with some friends and family over there and then come back and kind of get ready for winter. If it ever happens, it's sunny and dry ground outside right now. I don't know what's going on, but I count, count imagine that winter will happen at some point. Oh yeah. This is how business not building. It gets dumped at once, which it usually does. But yeah, you guys are pretty, you guys get a pretty gnarly winter out there. Yeah. It snowed yeah. here yesterday, but I'm ready yeah. for it. So I'm never ready for it. Okay, dude, we'll give, give my love to the family and absolutely. Uh, we'll catch you next time. All right, brother. October, November, December, they're just the best months out of the year, right? Whether it's for work or hunting or fishing, the holidays, spending time with your family, just it's awesome, right? And we've got some nice cold mornings now and you get to go out and have a, a warm drink in the duck blind or out on the hillside where you're glassing for, for mule deer or elk or, uh, or sitting in a tree stand waiting for a whitetail to come past. Or you're working on the job site and you get to take a break and have some nice warm coffee waiting for you. It's pretty nice. Having a cold drink at the end of the day, that makes everything a little bit better too. My favorite Stanley item right now is the 14 ounce titanium travel mug. Super lightweight because it's made out of titanium, so I'm willing to take it with me when I'm hunting, throw it in my pack. Fits in every cup holder out there, and it just seems to be the right amount of coffee. Uh, I, I like it. It's a really cool item, and it fits a niche that I didn't have uh, filled in like any of my other drinkware categories, I guess. Uh, if you're looking for a Christmas present for somebody or just a gift that you want to help them out with, I recommend this because it's pretty cool and it's something that they don't have already. The way most discount codes work, completely honest, is uh, if you use it, then whoever gave you that code gets a kickback. Now, I'm not a salesman and I want nothing to do with that. So I'm going to pass along to you a discount code that Stanley gave me because they're great supporters of this podcast and they're great supporters of this audience, which I love. So if you use the discount code 6RANCH, the number six, the word ranch, you'll get 25% off anything you order from stanley1913.com. I get nothing back from that. I don't want anything. I just want to pass along some savings to you and save you a little bit of money and get you connected with this great company that makes really great products. And as we move through fall and, and get into winter and the holidays, just hope everybody's doing well and, and having a good time and, and that you get to Get out there and connect with nature and, and connect with your friends and family and have a nice warm drink while you're doing it. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share the show with a friend. You can also rate the podcast and leave a review. Your support allows me to keep doing what I love, which is meeting incredible folks and sharing their stories with you. For more content and photos, Follow the show on Instagram at Six Ranch Podcast or me at Six Ranch Outfitters. This episode was produced by Emily Brannigan with original music written and performed by Justin Hay. Art for the Six Ranch Podcast 
was created by John Chatelain and digitized by Celia Christofferson. Tune in every Monday for a brand new episode of the Six Ranch Podcast. I'll catch you next week.